Hello everyone, welcome to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Let's Chat Myths. This is a series where we tackle common myths in the health and fitness industry, giving our own personal thoughts on the legitimacy and bringing in the study back data as well. In this episode we discuss running is bad for your knees and that caffeine dehydrates you. We're also joined by an unintentional guest in the form of Tom's cat Ralphie and by the end Ralphie just goes fucking rogue and causes absolute chaos so you look forward to hearing that unfold. Anyway, let's get into it. Hello boys, how are we doing? Welcome back. Hello. Good evening. Yep, 7.50, good evening. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking late one actually, isn't it? It is it's a late one. Because yeah, we were chatting shit before we even started well, chatting shit. I, I had some technical issues. I say technical issues, I had some animal issues, didn't I? Yeah, cat. My cat was uh, causing some issues. And we just leave it at and it keeps the audience guessing. It does. Andy, you've got uh, no clothes on, mate. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm I'm literally sweating my bollocks off, and I'm genuinely not like a piss take, but I'm absolutely sweating. It's Honestly, like 50 can't wait for us to, go to record video. When we can start recording video, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, it's going to be like weird. what is going I'm just on. Sat in my fucking pants. What are you squeezing your hands now? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> it sounded uh, like something different then. Yeah, let's oh. put it up to the screen. Compact. Ah, oh, yeah, compex professional. Ah, oh. oh. what what was compex? So another, that's for another series, mate. That's, that's another series. Another series. That uh, oh, another mm. rabbit hole. Oh dear. Speaking of series, we're starting a um, we're starting a new series this week. We're going into sort of a sub series from the main show. We'll still be doing the main show where we will talk about hot topics, but this week we're going to start a new series, and that's going to be myths. So every sort of probably every other week, every few weeks, we're going to tackle sort of common myths in the industry in the health and fitness industry, and go through sort of the truths behind the myths, why these why these even are myths and sort of just get going to them really see what, what our opinion is on them and maybe educate you as well along the way this week we're going into is running bad for your knees and does caffeine dehydrate you so before we started i did one of my little instagram polls again so this was one i did for is running bad for your knees we'll get these out of the way so you can kind of get a gauge of what people thought before we actually tell you what the what the answer is and i got about 50 to 60 on average it's a little bit less than last time so people obviously weren't as uh, bothered about this poll as the last one but still some pretty good numbers first question i asked was do you run more than three times per week and i got 41 percent said yes and 59 percent said no i then said have you ever suffered from knee pain and it was 66 percent said yes and 34 percent said no so bear that in mind about the people who ran three times more a week and the amount of people who actually said they have suffered with knee pain. And then I said, do you think too much running will will give you knee pain? And overwhelming, 81% said yes, and 19% said no. So we'll, we'll go back to those numbers as we go through, as we go through the main points. But I think there's some interesting numbers there, especially the amount of people that do think it gives you knee pain. Yeah, so this is definitely like a, it is a popular myth. I mean, even, um, even my missus, like her granddad was a, Fucking Andy, starting with the noises already. Sorry. <laughs> if, it, if it ain't a pen, it's a... What's that? A portable fucking satellite or... Yeah. <laughs> It'll satellite. stop in a minute. It's not going to start making noise, is it? Shouldn't do. If it's not Andy's technology, if... Uh, is, 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 is a pen a technology? Kind of, yeah. I mean, if technically, it's, it is. Uh, if, it, if, if it's a clicky pen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does, like, that makes sense. Yeah. conspiracy, Tom, is it? No, no, no. Okay. Mm, it, it depends, because I do know that pens 
or ballpoint pens are closely linked to NASA. And as we kind of concluded in the Oyo Novagen episode, NASA are shady shits. I can still hear beeping. If it ain't my cat scratching <laughs> the fucking door, I can hear beeping. Unless, unless that could that could be the government actually listening to me. That makes sense. I think it is, mate. I think you're actually. I think, I think you're actually banned from the government now. I think. Yeah, they're, that, they're definitely they're definitely fucking with me. If it ain't uh, Coach Dean Hammond fucking tapping my phone calls, then you know it's definitely the government fucking me, and it's because I know too much. So yeah, birds aren't real. Hollow Earth. Four, four minutes in, and we're already on conspiracy yeah. theories. Uh, d- the moon is a hologram, by the way. Yeah. The moon is a hologram. It is a hologram. It's not real. But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, like... Uh, Back on track. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not just always running bad for your knees. That's quite a common one. Running in general is sometimes... Is, is correlated to just high injury risk. And some people will say, oh, it's ineffective without even saying, well, why is it ineffective? What is the context? What is it ineffective for? A classic one is, oh, I can't believe you're running for fat loss. And it's like, well, what's, what's the issue with that? And it's because somewhere down the line, they read somewhere along the lines that, oh, strength training is definitely better for the person, despite their, you know, socioeconomic situation, or even the context. And that context can simply be, well, I just like running. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I see a lot, mate, is um, pe- the big statement I've seen online is, Running, this is a, this is sort of a quote from a website I was looking at. It says, running is a huge impact sport that puts loads of trauma on the joints. So it's risk of history. So risk of injury is high, right? That's what they are. That's the question they were asking. And if you look at, that's what people probably think when they look at running, it is a high impact sport, isn't it? So you automatically think that it's going to cause damage to your joints, your ligaments, you know. But it comes down to like not knowing enough about what it is. We're very easy to label. Like we're a, a label nation now and you, you, you talk to someone that goes, yeah, I run three times a week. And they're like, have you got any injuries? Like, yeah, my knee or my back, whatever. You, you know what I mean? Just automatically we associate running's bad. And I can vouch for that because it wouldn't be more than sort of three months ago and I was the same. I was like, anything over 400 metres is not worth doing. It's fucking bad for you. My views have changed. Um, That's what we like to hear. Yeah, once you look into this, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Top. I mean, Tom, I want to go straight into Mindy Sulkin because I sent you some quotes from, from her and you said you're going to have some comeback for it. So I'll read out some quotes then. So Mindy Sulkin is a head coach uh, at the Running Centre, New York. So what she said was, running doesn't hurt your knees if you do it correctly. And another point she made was, running too far, too soon, constrained muscles, joints, ligaments that aren't yet strong enough. Yeah, so I mean, the first the first thing I want to do is I want to make sure that is that is actually quoted. Those words of what came out of her mouth. It's not like you just summarised something from an article of hers, but uh, it's something that you've actually quoted from Mindy. Am well, I correct? as I said, I, well, I got this from online. So the person, yeah. the, it was someone who did an interview with her, I believe. So it's okay. going to be difficult. Once again, yeah. you can't you can't take verbatim, as that's what she said, because these articles can sometimes change the way people say Yeah, things. yeah. I mean, especially in regards to the media and the press, they have been known to kind of take things out of context and, you know, put their own spin on to what people said. But let's, for, for the sake of argument, let's say that this is actually what she said. So yeah, Mindy Sulkin said, running doesn't hurt your knees if you do it correctly. Here's the thing, I'm going to understand that there might be a bit of context behind what she's saying, but straight away, that to me says that you have to do it correctly. Well, what does she mean by correctly? Because when when I first see that sentence, the first thing that pops into my mind, because once again, it is subjective, but in my mind, I think, is she going to go on about you have to run a very specific way in regards to form? Do you? Is it, is it something as simple as, you know, you have to start off with your left foot first? 
Is it to do if you have to have your arms in a certain place? Must you keep a neutral spine? And bearing in mind, this isn't in regards to, oh, it might improve your running economy, because I'm not going to deny that. You know, you can make certain tweaks to your technique, which might improve your running economy. So how good you actually run, you know, and how you can lower your fatigue. But this is in regards to injury, right? So people hurting their knees. And I would, if, once again, it could, I could be completely wrong. She could actually be talking about in regards to running correctly as in regards to recovery and progressively overloading in running. Well, I think the second point she made is that links in. If you read the second quote, it said running too far too soon can strain muscles, joints, ligaments that aren't yet strong enough. So maybe that's yeah. what she means by correctly. If those two sentences are, put, sentences are put together, then yeah, I would agree with her. But that first sentence, and once again, it could be the way the article has decided to kind yeah, of separate absolutely. it. Because if those two sentences were together, I would actually agree. But this is why language is important. Because straight away, if I just see running doesn't hurt your knees, if you do it correctly, me personally would see that as quite nocebic and think, is she talking about form here? Because if that's the case... Yeah, it put you off because if, you, if, you, yeah. if you're not good enough, if your form, if you think, oh, I don't run very well, then you might be put off. As you said, you might think, well, yeah. I'm not running correctly, so I'm going to get injured. Because I disagree with the idea of there is a correct way to run because we are all built differently. I mean, yeah, uh, if, you, if you, there's, there's this guy, um, I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, oh, what's his bloody name? Um, Usain Bolt? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, yeah, met him down the pub. But yeah, I mean, um, he, he has severe scoliosis. Now, if you was to tell someone like Usain Bolt, mm, your form's off, you're going to get injured. That's it's, it's bullshit, isn't it? You know, there's no there's no one true form. Even things that, and people fucking argue with me to the death over this. When we run, do we run toe to heel or oh, heel yeah, to toe? And it's like here's the thing: like a couple of years ago, I I was kind of in the oh you run toe to heel and anything else is going to increase your risk of injury. But since then, I've realised that I was wrong pretty much because we all run differently. You know, um, and I don't think it. I haven't seen any strong evidence that correlates that to interest. Uh, sorry, to injury running heel to toe. But yeah, in regards to running doesn't hurt your knees if you do it correctly. If that's in regards to actual running form, then I would disagree with that. But if it's to do with uh, yeah, so not doing too much too soon, then yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. In hindsight, I probably should have asked you, Bill, were those two sentences together? <laughs> no, nah, so they were. It was the way the article was laid out. It was it was like. So they were separated, so it's hard to tell if they were if she said them in the same time or not. And then she went. This is another one straight after. She said, "Unless you're a competitive runner, this is this is not verbatim, by the way. This is just sort of in my own word. Unless you're a competitive runner, you shouldn't be running more than three to four times a week." It's quite interesting coming from that, especially when people on my Instagram poll, I asked, you know, who a lot of people I was reading who just said they do do more than three times a week. Not none of them were competitive runners, really. I think maybe a couple of them were, but I'm going to weigh in on this. Um... I think it comes a lot down to so I, I think if you do going back to the doing too much too quick, I think we we that's 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 like the main bulk of this is is we go from nothing, oh I'm gonna change my lifestyle I'm gonna get up I'm gonna be active and what they do is they push and they push and they push, uh, the body will break before the mind will we we know that's a fact and what what I feel and what I see is the fact that. You may think you're doing well when you go in and you're pushing, come on, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get this, you know what I mean, numbers in our head and stuff like that. And and what I find is form breaks down. You might start well off and really good, but form breaks down over a certain amount of time, especially if you're not used to it or you're not, uh, you're not sort of been doing it a while, you know, 
you know, and I, I'm one for it. You know, I can I can vouch on that. Form goes, but we think we're doing okay. Yeah, we're fatigued and we're in shit state after a while and you're just like plugging through. We've all been on runs like that where we're just dangling, but we just got to get to the end. And I feel that, that that point there, that's when it gets to the dangerous point of that's where we're going to hit an injury is we're pushing too hard, too much, too fast and for too long. I want to make a key point for that. So what you said there is really interesting because I was going to leave this here and we've got like a little list of key points about what people should take away from this. And it was that cardiovascular health comes along faster than your sort of your cartilage and your joints and your, and your, your ligaments and stuff. So yeah, definitely. Naturally, naturally, you're going to you're going to feel fitter cardiovascularly, but because you haven't given the time for your body to actually strengthen to the to the distance the running or the pace you're running at, you're going to break more. You're going to break quicker if you're, you're not if you're not actually educated in in running. Um, as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong with this, so don't quote me. And if you, if anyone has any conflicting evidence to what I'm about to say, then please feel free to let me know because I would like to get closer towards the truth. You know, I'd, I'd rather know the truth than be right. But what I have heard is that it, it does take a fair amount of time for tendons and ligaments to become stronger than, say, actual muscle tissue. But I could be wrong. But if I could be, if if that could be confirmed to me, then fantastic. Or if I'm wrong, just let me know that as well, because then I'll know. But yeah, I mean, it, with with running, we've got to remember that it is essentially a loading exercise. So you know, it's not just a simple case of, oh, weights is an exercise where you load yourself. When you run, you are loading your joints, and this is where we've got to take into account not just in regards to loading those joints and loading the muscles when running but cardiovascular health it does come down to progressive overload what is progressive overload progressive overload is when you well there's a cute uh, a clue in the term there isn't there is that is you progressively load yourself over time you don't just one day walk out of the house and go and do an ultra marathon you can simply run 100 meters to the end of the road and then the next day, you run 150 metres. Day after that, you run 200 metres and you slowly progressively build up on that block. And if we go too fast, too soon, then we're doing something our body is not physically ready or capable to do, which is where we become fatigued and we haven't yet strengthened ourselves to put ourselves at such a maximal output. And that, in regard, that goes in regards to powerlifting, crossfit, running. All of them. Perhaps even walking. Yeah, Even tabbing in the British Army, tabbing's a big part of that. They don't just send you on an eight-mile tab straight away. They start you off as something as, is it, I think, is it two miles? Yeah, and that's like With, no kit as well, yeah. nothing. That's yeah, just, just a, a little, walk. an intro to pacing. Yeah, a little bimble through the woods. And then eventually they'll add five kilos to your to your backpack or your day sack. And then the day after, so not day after, because that would not be progressive overload. Um, you know, soon after that, they'll give you another five kg, and then they'll increase it by another couple of miles, and so on and so on. And that's progressive overload. It comes down to train smart, not hard. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't think you should be walking away every, from everything. Like, and uh, this is a big one in CrossFit. Um, people go in every day, red line, and think that that is how to train. Yeah, and 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 that's why you see a lot of people burn out. They break. They're in shit state. Everything breaks down. That's you why know. new runners struggle a lot because they don't yeah. know how to. They, they don't, don't know how to. That you can walk. You, you, you can don't, run and walk. You don't run need and walk, to. And, and I'm only just learning this at 32. You know, every session doesn't have to be a case of, oh, I feel, I feel like I'm going to die. Yes, that was great. High fives all round. You know, you, sometimes you can walk away saying, I feel a bit worked, but not enough that I could die. You know. That's why a lot of things like timings come into it, like uh, rest rates, everything like that, you know? Tom, you mentioned ultramarathons there, mate. I want to just go back to that because we've actually we actually found a study called the, the Ultra Study. 
and this this goes back to people saying that too much running is going to give you knee pain. Now, this study is, is really good. Tom looked into it as well, and he's sort of our like podcast geek, so he, he went through it and he, he found it interesting as well. So there's a cohort study um, of runners, and all of them have at least ran one ultramarathon in their lifetime. So they've all ran at least hundred mile, done a hundred mile race or run whatever in their lifetime. So it's, it's a, that's a lot. And Not for me. One thousand one thousand and eighty three of these runners in the cohort. This included sixty eight percent men. And six percent class themselves ex runners. The mean age was about forty four, and the mean BMI was twenty six. But a BMI of twenty six is not exactly light, so that's quite interesting. Yeah, so twenty yeah twenty seven is actually classed as overweight. When I googled it, I was like, okay, yeah, that yeah. was the mean age of these runners. So after adjusting for the age, gender, BMI, uh, the prevalence of pain was higher in those with lower lifetime mileage. So the people who have ran less miles in their lifetime had a higher pain. Okay. And then the runners in the highest distance quartile, so the people in the highest uh, the quartile of this study that did the most miles, they were the least likely in the entire study to report knee pain. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? That people are saying too much running is going to... A lot of people thought too much running is going to give you knee pain, whereas the people who are doing the more miles actually reported less knee pain. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, that, that actually that did generally surprise me because the key word there is ultra-marathon runners. And to me, straight away, that's just like, Wow, that's overdoing it. But if anything, that's a testament to how the, the human body can adapt. It can adapt even to extreme circumstances such as an ultra marathon. I mean, in regards to in regards to running and injuries, I mean, I've got some stats here to pull up, and that is so. This is injury rates per one thousand hours worth of training. So we've got novice runners. So these are people that are brand new to running, or people that have taken a fair amount of time off running and decided to you know decide to pick up running again. And that is they tend to have 17.8 injuries per 1,000 hours. And then you've got recreational runners. So that would probably be like uh, me and yourself, Bill. And that would be 7.7 injuries out of 1,000 hours. But then you've got the ultra marathon runners who have the lowest out of all these runners. And that's 7.2. So that kind of correlates with that cohort that you've read as well. But I mean, it's as I said, there could be several reasons behind that though. And... One of my reasons for that would be with novice runners tending to get injured more than others, it's probably to do with when you're a novice, you don't know how to properly progressively overload. Like we said, too much too soon is what we said before. Yeah, too much too soon. And you're going through that honeymoon period of, oh, fucking hell, I love running now. And you're just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. But you don't you don't know how to properly auto-regulate. So you don't know how to take your foot off the gas or know intuitively when to kind of recover. It's just a simple case of run, 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 run. So can I just jump in here quick? Yeah, but, go but for it. That's a really important point, actually, because I've been taking, like me and Mrs., we've been going for runs now and again. So, And what I found of her, I've actually got to tell her to slow down because she yeah. cause, cause, cause she's new to it, new to running. She's kind of like going at quite a quick pace, and she, yeah, she probably feels great, but I'm like, no, look, I want you to be consistently running here, so there's no point you going to your red line, as we said before. Yeah. I'm like, come on, slow it down a bit. She's like, this feels slow. I said, yeah, but we want you to maintain it, not burn yourself out, and I think that's where people need to get educated on it. You know? Yeah, I mean, as Andy said before, fatigue can contribute to injury, and running in particular, I mean, here's the thing. If you're doing weight training, you, you get fair amounts of rest periods in between, do you know what I mean? In between sets. Unless you're doing crossfit and it's just fucking all, you know, balls to the wall, let's go. Let's go for it. Yeah. But I mean, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you, you get rest periods in between and you can tend to auto regulate a bit better in weight training if uh, you kind of get what I mean. So you kind of think, 
Hmm. Well, it's well, there, that, isn't it? It's there yeah. written on a bit of paper. You will rest for such and such. Yeah. Do not and, go before then. You're like, and oh, if okay. you if you train smart, you would auto regulate as well. So you'd kind of say, okay, that last set nearly fucking killed me. Do I really think I'd go for this many reps in this next set at this amount of weight, or do I need to kind of back off a little bit? But with running, it's steady state, isn't it? It is constant, constant, constant. But like as I said, recreational runners, it was only a 7.7 injury rate per 1,000 hours of running. And that's because I think they know how to kind of... Well, here's the thing. We've got to take into account that they have been progressively overloading their muscles, tendons, and ligaments as well, and their proprioception as well which is basically their balance and their, their their perception of what's going on around them. Whereas with novice runners, it's I'm I'm going to make a go on a whim here and assume and say that they they're probably like not going to be as well balanced as regular runners, recreational runners. Sorry, but yeah, recreational runners. It's probably a simple case of they they're more experienced, not just physically. So they've actually strengthened their body to run with without being more susceptible to injury but also they mentally know when to kind of take their foot off the gas when to put it on when to actually have a rest day experience when to increase the mileage when to lower the mileage etc you look at uh, any sort of uh triathlete or or fucking whatever the what's that grueling one where not an ultra marathon where they do like iron man iron man that's it yeah so mm. a typical iron man training and this is, you don't like, me, one of us wouldn't turn around and go, oh, we're going to do an Ironman. You know what I mean? Let's go do it. Let's see what the training package is. It's a normal, you come from that sort of background, don't you? Either You, you either swim, bike or run at a, a relatively um, good amount yeah. before you even um, attempt an Ironman or you get into that sort of training. You wouldn't be like, I'm a CrossFitter. I'm just going to go out and get it. Like it, if it doesn't suit a lot of your, volume, what isn't you it, do. Yeah. yeah. But even the typical training uh, package to, to do an Ironman is like a year long, and uh, yeah, and that will be set sort of days. Overload, like, you, you know, yeah. We... And this is my biggest issue: is people sign. I mean, this is where we're going to go. There's going to be people out there listening who've probably done the same thing. It's people who sign up to things like marathons. They're in. They're in like a couple of months' time, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going to do a marathon in August," and it's like January, and you're like, "Come on!" Like what they're doing is they're putting before. themselves under miles. pressure. They're putting yeah, themselves. They, are. They, yeah. they put themselves under this mad pressure of going. I'm just doing it. I'm going to be all blase about it. Yeah, I've signed up for it. Now I've got to really get my ass in again. It's like, and they well, rush no, the training. They rush no, They want to get the miles yeah, in. So you, they just rush themselves through it. Anything that you want to last takes time. You know, we've we've always talked about food. We've always talked about normal health. Certain things you can't just cut off. You can't just start normal. You can't. These take time. And there's more than enough evidence. There's more than enough evidence to say what you're doing is is not acceptable in the sense of like I'm starting to go on on, on a feeling based with training you know and I know so that's all a regulation yeah so I'm at, I'm at a point now where I don't train if I don't feel ready to not in a, not like headspace like oh I don't feel up to it my head's all over the place but my body do you know you can go into the gym and you can move around and you can go I'm, no, I'm not feeling this today, you know, and I don't push but myself. Today, mate, I'm in bits today. If I, if t- today obviously is a rest day for myself mm. and for yourself, Andy, but if it wasn't, I probably wouldn't have trained anyway because I, my, I'm in cl- I'm in bits. Yeah. Like, I can feel bits in the last three days of training. That's when you have to you have to be sensible with yourself and not be like, oh, I'm just going to get smashed because I'm hard. But it's like, yeah. no, because you're going to hurt yourself. Your body's in, it's sore. It's telling you. It's the, it's, the reason you're feeling this way is because it's trying to tell you, look, I'm sore. I need to recover. And I think that's where people say that when they give them the time constraints or they're not educated enough, they just go out and push it too too much too soon yeah 100 percent. and uh and and you, you're changing 
you're changing too much too quick. You know, there's there's loads of like I looked at that five uh, couch to five k. I actually looked at it. I was actually quite impressed with how they did that. Yeah, I've got, it's, yeah quite, it's quite progressive, is it? But I sp- everybody I spoke to that's done it. So I spoke to about ten people now that have done it. They said it was boring, mm. and they just ended up skipping stuff. And I'm like, that's not good. That's why you're And I'm like, but how are you getting on with your running now? They're like, ah, oh, don't do it. I, I didn't ask them if they're injured or anything like that. But it was a case of something that you want to last for a long, long time takes time to get to that place. I was I was looking at woman, uh, woman runner, uh, uh, running world, women, women's running world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because we all know women are right, so I take this as gospel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, so they did a 20-year study. Uh, Professor oh, James well. Fries from University of Stanford in California. Uh, and like all in their 70s now, and they, they said like there was a lower, like, lower risk of osteoarthritis. Bam, that one, yeah, and hip replacement, you know? And they showed that it was lower because these people had been doing it, you know what I mean? And they took over 2,600 participants and like all different uh, age ranges and styles and stuff like this. Knee x-rays they did, it, 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 it changed my mind. It did actually change my mind when I was reading this and I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's fucking evidence to say that maybe running is, is actually Well, you, the big thing you said there was osteoarthritis, and that's another yeah. one that's linked with the knee pain thing. It's, that's another conception that you get, oh, you do loads of running, you're going to be riddled with arthritis down the line. Whereas a lot of people actually say the biggest factor for things like arthritis is, for one, you age. As you get older, you're more likely to develop it regardless. Yeah. And your genetics, genetically, yeah. whether you're a runner or not, you could be more likely to get arthritis or not. Yeah. You know? So that's a really key, important term there that, I, to be fair, we should probably mention that at the beginning, but we jumped the gun a bit. Yeah. Osteoarthritis. and. Osteophytes is basically it's a it's a, de- a degenerative disease. So you get something called cartilage, basically, which is in your joints, acts as cushioning, basically. So it helps the joints glide, but uh, helps bone glide over each other. At the same time, it acts as cushion as well. It's basically a shock absorber. And osteophytes is a condition where eventually that that cartilage tends bone to bone, kind of bone on bone is quite a common term thrown around, but it's like it's where the cushioning tends to it tends to degenerate and it becomes yeah, it deteriorates over time yeah uh, it can create like inflammation as well on the bones uh, so it creates less space to move as well in the joints so that means that you can become quite stiff you can lose range of motion but also become quite painful now the thing about osteoarthritis is to mention that you can be asymptomatic with it so what it means is you can go to an mri scan and your joints could look in absolute shit state or you can be showing signs of osteoarthritis but actually you weren't even aware you had it. You, you weren't actually feeling anything. But yeah, osteoarthritis... I keep doing it now, Andy. Osteoarthritis <laughs> is commonly linked to runners. It is commonly linked to runners. And uh, I think I, meant, I, I did go to mention earlier on in the podcast, my partner, her, her, her granddad was a marathon runner and he has osteoarthritis. And my partner always used to tell me, long before I was a PT, oh, the running caused it. The running caused his arthritis. But that's just that's just putting two and two together. That's not evidence backed at all. Is I, it? I think it's more just a case yeah. of an excuse, yeah, an ex- yeah reason though, yeah. to either stop or or not had right. to. It stop scares or... people a lot. It scares people from running because they think they're going to get osteoarthritis by running. It's annoying. There is evidence out there. So there is a paper by. I'm probably going to bastardize this guy's name, so I do apologize. Chakravarti et al. 2008 paper. 100% bastardize that. Yeah, 100%. That's not his name. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> they took 45 distance runners and 53 non-runners, and they had knee X-rays 18 years apart. 
and they found long-distance running in healthy adults is not associated with worsening levels of knee arthritis compared to non-runners, which kind of, once again, correlates with the evidence you showed, Bill, in regards to knee pain. But here's the thing. When, when, when we talk about knee pain, this is something we discussed just before the podcast went live here, and that is if you are in pain, you are in pain. No one can tell you otherwise. You know, you could be absolutely batshit insane and say you've just seen Theresa May riding fucking fanny naked down your street on a, on a horseback. <laughs> if that is what you saw and you genuinely believe you saw it, then, then you, you know, no one's saying that, oh, no, you didn't see that. It probably didn't happen, let's be honest. But what you perceived is what you perceived. And that's because in regards to pain... There's other factors at play here, and there's other factors in regards to what's causing osteoarthritis as well. Admittedly, those are biological factors, but there's other things such as obesity, your other lifestyle habits. I think smoking's a correlation. I'm not 100% yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, we haven't even spoke about weight, really, have we, about regards to knee pain and running? That's obviously an issue, isn't it? But your, weight, your weight's going to be... Oh, of course, it's going to make a massive impact, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, I mean, that's another common one. That is another common one. I mean, it, it depends how heavy you are. Because we have to take into account as well, well, when we talk about oh, obesity, are we talk about just going off of BMI here, where you could be technically obese, but even though you've got low body fat, do you know what I mean? A lot of that heavy mass coming from the well, scale... Because if muscle. you've got heavy muscle, most likely or you've got the muscle to support your joints, so you're, it's not, you're not going to get injured from running because you've got yeah. that muscular structure. But if, you're, if it's pure fat, fat's useless, isn't it? Fat isn't like aiding your, the structural integrity of your body. It's just extra weight, isn't it? So that, I think that's the difference we need to be thinking about is if you are just morbidly obese, then yeah. Uh, do you know what? I think there actually is studies out there on people who are classed as obese in regards to BMI on running and knee pain, or maybe not necessarily running, although I'm unsure about that as well, but that is something I'm definitely going to check out after the podcast because I'm pretty sure it is evidence, but I don't know what way that evidence points. <laughs> I should have just said papers. It's at least papers. gonna. It's at least gonna. It's at least gonna contri- contribute to the like inflammation side of stuff. You know, yeah, it's yeah. gonna aggravate it. It's, it's not gonna be. Even though it is nice and squidgy, it's not gonna be a good nice and squidgy. Yeah, either, I mean, you know, I do, I do know that evidence does point to obesity being linked to osteoarthritis and other joint problems. But in regards to running, I don't know if it'd be protective or not. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm unsure if because obviously you're carrying extra weight. Is you don't want to scare you don't want to scare these people off from doing this yeah. exercise because then how are they going to lose the weight to not get arthritis if yeah. you're telling them they you can't do an exercise? I mean, here's the thing: if you wanted to, you could scare someone off of running. We're not fucking doing that. We're not doing that. But you could if you want to, because yeah, there's there's the common misconception that oh, it's bad for your knees, and we've just shown otherwise considering it's the evidence. Really, is, it, no? um, is it necessarily protective against certain, you know? joint degeneration etc I don't know there's evidence that shows both ways I mean as Andy just pointed out he's seen evidence that's shown that it's quite protective um, I have seen evidence I can't remember the name of the paper where it showed that it didn't have any you know obvious protective qualities to osteoarthritis but I need to double check that once again as well uh, the things I did have a lot of papers on my laptop up and ready before the podcast went off but as I said my fucking cat came in and caused some technical issues but yeah, I mean, uh, we won't go into that. But yeah, I mean, as I said, you can scare people off of running. Because I did say about the injury rates for different forms of running uh, per 1,000 hours. So yeah, for novice runners, I said it was... Let's round it up. So 18 injuries per 1,000 hours for new runners or novice runners. Rounding it up to 8 out of 1,000 uh, for recreational. 
just over two. Uh, sorry, just over seven point two for ultra marathon runners. So it's it's all above five. Five injuries. The more, the more running you do, basically, the less in, the, the injury rate's going down. Is it the more running you're if, actually doing? If, in terms yeah. Of if you take if you take it um, as steady, yeah. If you're yeah. realistic about your time, because you look at let's look at plyometrics for an instance. So yeah, each of us, e- yeah. e- each of us have done um, PTIs, uh, somebody PT, and they talk about plyometrics, and you talk about even as soldiers, they talk about plyometrics on like what what you can do per session on how many times you can do it per week, per month, you know? And the real, realistic, like if you're a beginner, it's something like 120 repetitions. I, don't quote me on this. Yeah, I remember these, I do remember them talk about the numbers. There is a lot, isn't there? And, and, and this was in a class where I thought I was quite a seasoned soldier and quite a seasoned, not, not athlete, but a gym goer. And I thought I could do more. And then in the breaking down of it, like, no, you're not actually ready. And it only ever goes up to maybe 180 repetitions for someone who's been it's doing it. really low number, isn't it? It's it's a really, really low number. Really, really number. And, and so, and that's that's all rebound, 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 yeah, of, of everything that we do. Well, in, in, in essence, isn't running. This, it's kind of the same thing of it is a rebound movement, you know. You're, ba- you're pounding and you're, if you just go out there and you haven't built up that, that tolerance, that, all, all your bones, all your joints, all your muscles are not built to that tolerance. If you think you can go out and do it, fine, but you, you, you're you giving yourself a massive disadvantage in my eyes. I mean, here's the thing. If you start quoting statistics to people and using certain language, you could scare, you well, could scare people yeah, away from any in itself, isn't it? I mean, if so I just banned out those numbers in regards to running injuries. And if you compare that to something like weightlifting – where the injury rate went up to only 3.3 injuries per 1,000 hours of training, or even powerlifting, which powerlifting, you'd think, fucking hell, they must be always rife with injuries. But actually, it's only 4.4 injuries per 1,000 hours. So in comparison to running, it's like, oh, running's quite, it seems quite injury-prone when you compare it to weightlifting. I mean, even CrossFit, I mean, this is going to excite some of our listeners. But (laughs) here's the thing. CrossFit has undeservedly become a bit of a meme over the years in regards to injuries when you get injury compilations it is usually someone yeah, kipping or someone doing crossfit a snatch, yeah. but i mean you know crossfit surprisingly injury rates are between two and 3.5 injuries per 1000 hours of training again it just it just comes down but then you but you look at look at the pool of crossfit like i think what 200 i think some at 250,000 were in the were in the open last year or something like that like the powerlifting community is not going to be very big, is it? Reality to stuff. Say, uh, and w- what other ones? Weightlifting, same again. They're very small pools of of people where runners, everybody does it. You everyone know, can ev- do it, can't they? Anyone yeah. can do it and everyone... There's no, lim- there's no limiting so, factors either, is there? So there's, yeah. yeah. And I think there's loads of different factors as to why running would uh, tend to be more injury-prone than weight training uh, I think it touched on what I kind of said earlier about you know you, you get to auto-regulate a bit more in weight training so you get rest periods well uh, what is what is all of them things got that running doesn't have unless you go to a specialist running club or like CrossFit coach. you go to a CrossFit coach. box Coaches. 9 times out of 10 will have a coach to tell you stop start slow down and any good coach will tell you ease off you know what I mean ease yeah. off the gas your form's hold it good put the weight down we'll yeah go yeah yeah same, as, same with powerlifting any sort of any, any powerlifter and I'm going to appraise 
uh, Pez, who works for me at the moment and was down at Chatham as well. I uh, saw him a hundred times, uh, put his Instagram down at the bottom. I think he was like European champion of like powerlifting that. He's amazing. Oh, wow. But he was very big on, don't lift it if you can't lift it. There's no point pushing. Build on a foundation and, and move up over time, you know? Let's okay, get yeah. correct, correct technique for you and then move on, you know? I'll tell you what I would be interested in seeing, but I can't really find any stats on it, but the injury rate on trail runners... Because trail runners, here's the thing, I would assume it'd, it'd be more prone oh, to injury. So I, bloody, I read something about that, actually, yeah. So I, I read one of the increasing factors for knee pain and runners. What I think it was, there was a few different ones, like things like footwear and technique and stuff. But yeah. I think trail running was up there as well. Trail running was one of the the options there. And this, this can increase because of the, obviously, the uneven terrain. Yes, got more thin, stress in your, yeah. your joints and ligaments and stuff. Yeah, because it's quite, uh, it's unpredictable, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is quite and Some of them injuries might not be because of the fact that you run, it's because you could have like twisted it awkwardly because you've gone over a fucking More factors route. are brought into, do you know what I mean? Like a twig in the eye. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. wider range of, yeah, ah, down the side of a mountain and you're trying you know to what? big steps. <laughs> that's, that's quite important. That's something I should have mentioned here. When we talk about injuries in these studies that I'm bringing up, Obviously, we have to meet a certain criteria of, well, what we talk about when we say injury. Because as, as you said, you could get hit by a branch. Technically, is that a running injury? I, I got injured whilst out running, but is it due to running? You could you could get injured via an act of God. That could be a fucking... Someone taking a piss in an airplane, they flush the toilet just above you as you're running, and it gets thrown out as a giant piss icicle, and it you know stabs you in the foot. Obviously, that's a bit of a dramatic example there. Just a bit, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that could be. Hmm, let's chalk that up to a running injury. <laughs> but I mean, no, with this criteria, it, it does say that it's a musculoskeletal injury caused during running. You know that prevents you from participating in running any any longer during the session. So no, it's specific to running. I think we can all agree though that running running will not give you a knee injury. You have got not. You should not, not worry about going no. for a run. No, if you get running and get knee injury or smart about it. Yeah, not if you're smart. Talk to the right people. Language is in, language is important. It technically we, we can get injured running, but it's like it's not inherently going to cause it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like if I put my hand on a gas stove, I'm not going to say all oh, context. It might it might not. Well, it depends if it's turned on really, doing it. But let's say if I put my hand on a turned on gas stove, I know straight away that's inherently going to be quite bad for my health. But if we go out running, it's like okay, yeah, I could injure myself. I've 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 had in, I've had running injuries in the past. Yeah, yeah of course I have as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, lads, I'll finish up with some um some key points then before we move on to the, the next topic. Then jump in if you disagree. What I'm saying, I think what people need to remember is if they're going to go running is remember that cardiovascular health will come before um your cartilage, your joints, your strength, your muscles. Okay, so bear that bear that in mind. Right, even if you feel good, you need to make sure the rest of your body's strengthened. That moves me on to strength training. A lot of runners will neglect things like strength training. I think it's crucial that you do incorporate some sort of strength training into your running routine because at the end of the day, you you need the muscles to support the, the joints, the ligaments, the tendons. We said before, so you don't get injured. Uh, rest days is crucial. So don't be a madman. And I mean, I know some people can and they will. They have adapted to running every day, but I wouldn't recommend it. You probably want to get rest days in there. And footwear as well. I think it's crucial that you find the right footwear because we said before, if you're going to be a trail runner, make sure you've got the right footwear for trails. If you're a road runner, make sure you've got the right footwear for on roads and that because, as you said, it's you're, it's a lot high impact sport running. So you need to have the right shock absorption on your feet as well when you're out there. Anything to disagree with there, lads? Or? Now, I, the only thing I would add to, so if you're going to go out with someone... If you're going to go out with, say, if you, you're you not a runner and someone says, do you want to join me? And they say, yeah, just just remember, conversation pace, that 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 is something I always adhere to. Is yeah, I like that, yeah. 
like because if someone's great running and they're like going come on let's go let's go let's go and they're pulling you along that's maybe not the pace you want to be at especially if you're new to this so a lot of you see a lot of um and i'm sorry to put this in the category but you see a lot of women go out in like pairs and they do like the speed walking like the low level uh jogging but they'd be at a conversation pace where they'd both be enjoying good, it actually isn't it stop stop stops and pushing it too much isn't it and it stops that sort of and when you notice you're starting to get out of breath that's when you're having to start think about okay i'm gonna have to breathe a little bit here and then i'll get back to my conversation breathe a little bit hmm. and it kind of shows you a little it's bit sustainable yes yeah, yeah it's a big one so yeah, listen i don't think I, I don't think it'd be a reach here for me to say that what we're not saying is oh you should never go maximal because there will be times where you might want to go maximal if you're worrying about you know actual performance so there's, there's raptors behind you and you've got to run away really quickly. Yeah. You, you need that yeah. sprint. But what we're saying is if you're new to running, you don't have to go, and this is an old quote, quote from you here, Bill, you ain't got to go Mac 10 every single time yeah. you go out for yeah, a run. Yeah. Did he nick that from you, Andy, by any chance? Uh, 100%, yeah. That's yeah. my motto, Mac yeah. 10. <laughs> yeah, I knew it weren't yours, Bill. <laughs> You'll be after me skinny candle next. Oh. <laughs> I've already branded it. I don't know. You're not allowed to talk about it. It's going to cost Trade, five Trademarked. Grand. So to the 81% of people who said that too much run is bad for your knees, just go back and listen to that study from the ultra study about ultra marathons, and that's going to hopefully change your mind completely. So that's the idea. A lot of you didn't know, now you should know. So that's the idea of the podcast. So we'll move on to the next one then. So this one will be a bit shorter, a bit quicker. There's not as much to it, but it's, a, it's, it's another one that people think is caffeine will dehydrate you. So the reason caffeine then, it's a, is it a diuretic? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, diuretic. You, diuretic, yeah. Diuretic, yeah. Basically, that 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 is that's in caffeine, and that causes you to need to need to urinate. All right, and obviously, if you're peeing constantly, your hydration status may it may affect your hydration status. And also, having a coffee, having a Red Bull, son, it's going to make you need make you need to shit as well, isn't it? I mean, we've all been there. You have you, you sink a you sink a knocko or a Red Bull, and you need to shit, and that's also leading to water loss. So. So basically, what I'm what I'm trying to say is is that caffeine is gonna it's gonna dehydrate you really badly. Yeah? And Tom, I know Tom agrees with me completely, don't you, Tom? Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. So here we go. go. This is another common, you know, myth that's out there is that God, this, to be fair, this just brings back so many fucking memories because I during my phase one training, I nearly got bear in mind I was a fucking recruit. I nearly got into an argument with the PTI at Fuck, I'm going to say it. At the Army Training Centre in Purba, I nearly got into the, an argument with, with the PTI during a nutritional um, lesson. And this was in the big conference hall in front of like fucking, what it was, like 100 other recruits because he kept on banning on about coffee will dehydrate you. So when we talk about caffeine, I am, throughout most of this conversation, I am a bit biased. So when we say caffeine, I am probably no, going to be two talking about... Two seconds, mate. Two seconds. Is, is your cat trying to get in? Is that my cat? Oh, yeah, because it's here in the background. Yeah, yeah, he's got one. He's <laughs> I'd uh, just like to point out that it's not me making any noise. It's fucking Tom this time. It's Tom this time, yeah. That get, that's not getting dramas. edited out, okay, Bill? No. If that gets edited out, I'll be upset, all right? You leave it to favoritism to him. <laughs> Tom, stop slamming that cat off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to go and get a cat for my own protection um, because you see, there's birds, right? <laughs> there's these birds okay. and they aren't real <laughs> and since i uh, mentioned this on a on a former podcast they are out to get me so i've i've mostly got the cat now as a protective device he's not That's very fearful racket. 
Yeah, he's got one of his bells around his neck. It's bigglin' him, to be fair. I've got him a collar of a bell around his neck, and it's bigglin' him. Right, let me chuck him out. One second. I'm assuming you're going to leave this in the podcast, not it out. Well, yeah, probably, mate. Right. Yeah, in which case, I'm going to be fair, really it? kind to him. I'm not going to chuck him across the room. Oh. I oh, fucking <laughs> 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 Right, go on out, you go. Um, fucking lost me train of thought now. We're what what were we talking over about? Basically, um, basically, you, you were going, you were, kick, you were kicking off of a uh, PTI perbright as well. Yeah. So he kept on going on with the old age myth that coffee will dehydrate you. So yeah. When we talk about caffeine, I am mostly going to be meant. Yeah, like, most people drink coffee, don't. Yeah, they? I'll be comparing it to coffee. It, yeah. But to be fair, you could compare it to yeah, Red Bull and Monster. But because obviously you, you can get caffeine pills. But in this instance, I'm going to keep comparing it to a, a caffeinated beverage. So, yeah, he kept on banging on about coffee being dehydrating. I did point out, look, and I'm going to kind of spoil this, the science here, but we have got the fucking cat's back. We have got evidence. <laughs> One second. So while he's doing that, I'll just explain. So I went on Instagram. I put on, to most people, I, I, I put on there uh, 100% of everybody that I asked, only 30 people replied, so we'll give it 100%. Uh, they all... They all took most of them took one one to two cups a day there was a few like excesses and then i asked i asked them that did it i asked uh, do they find that it affects them in any way like hydration wise and not one of them said no not in, not in the slightest well you know what i think that is is because we go back to what i said about it makes you need to urinate so a lot of these pe- a lot of these people who would take it for example before like a workout that's what we're talking about here that's what that's what that pt is about he's not about like if you're taking it it's a pre-workout caffeine whatever it's gonna dehydrate you you're not going to have a chance to wee, are you? You're probably going to sink that pre-workout, sink that caffeine, and go straight into your workout. So you haven't had a chance to to wee and shit all your fucking hydration away, have you? So I think that's kind of that. That's what links into it. But I'm sure Tom's going to now. Tom's back in the room. I was just uh, dealing with the cat, so I kind of miss miss half the conversation. When you were just talking about the PTI, was that my PTI or your? Yeah, yeah, PTI? yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We're, t- we're, we're okay. talking about yours. So with my PTI, he said it's coffee. Coffee is inherently dehydrating. And he actually went on to go on about Papa John's eating Papa John's before a tab, which is quite odd, you know. The shit is PTI, PTI in history. I'm not going. I'm not <laughs> going to name regiment. him. I'm not going to name him, but I do know there's uh, his Instagram will be linked in the uh, podcast details below. Like I do know <laughs> that people listening. No, it's not my page. It's not my page. He's one of the only fucking PTIs on my hand that I can count with room to spare that knows what the fuck he's talking about. But like, no, like. He was saying it was inherently dehydrating, but we do have evidence that says otherwise. And it all comes down to dosage as well at the end of the day. So with caffeine, you will get a net hydration. Obviously, it depends on what it is you're drinking. So if you have like a massive coffee, so you get a venti coffee from Starbucks, which is like one of those where it comes in like a big, massive cup, you're going to get a big amount of net hydration. So yeah, caffeine is a diuretic. It is. And it will make you want to pee, but you get a net hydration out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you that. do get a net you have it hydration. Water, don't you? When you have coffee, you have it with water, don't you? Most of the time. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. If I here's the thing, as it does come down to dosage, I believe, and that is if you used to have like a very tiny pure Turkish espresso, where it's like tar, perhaps that's different. I'm unsure about that, but in the evidence I've seen, it is. It does have. Nah, s- even sorry to jump in on that. It's no, no, saying, go for it. Like even even like most most espressos are only up to like 180 milligrams of of caffeine yeah which is a decent amount yeah 
That that is a lot, that is yeah. a lot. Most knockers are one eighty as well. Yeah, yeah, so. knockers are one eighty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I just I just thought I'd drop that in there because I just I, just, I was just looking at it. No, no, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point to make. But what I was saying was, it's to do with so it's got a good amount of caffeine in it, just like any other coffee, but it's got a low amount of water with an espresso. Is what I kind of mean. Because because you get less water, perhaps I'm not saying it's a definite. By the way, it's a it's a thought process of mine which I need to double check. Well, I think you're right. I think if you yeah. If you're smashing espressos, which got a tiny bit of water in, like they sort, they talk, they, they, there's sort of guidelines in there of how much you're meant to drink per day, yeah. and like depending on what your activity levels are, what your job is, what all these factors come into it, you should be drinking three to five billion gallons a day or whatever. But if you're just slamming eight espressos or three espressos and then uh, like half cups of tea or something like that, yeah, your water intake is going to be reduced, surely. I think the crucial point is, though, really, it's, it's it's not the actual caffeine, which it's not caffeine inherently dehydrating you. It's the court. It's what it makes you do. It's making you need to wee. It's making you need to go to the fucking toilet and take a shit. And make, it's that's, the that's what that's what dehydrating. In the caffeine. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the actual thing in the caffeine. So it's what that does is the little scientific thing. It it basically activates contractions in your colon and your intestinal muscles. That's what makes you need to have a shit. And then obviously that all links to you need to wee in your <laughs> bladder. Thins the blood out in the liver as well, doesn't it? Which yeah, yeah. So that, that's what, go, yeah, exactly. That's what's making you need to do it. So if you're worried about, if so you read that and think, oh, I don't want to have a pre-workout now because the caffeine's going to make me dehydrated. So I'm not going to perform well on my workout. Well, it's not going to happen, is it? I do have a paper here uh, by Killer et al. Uh, what a fucking name, by the way. Killer. You know, uh, no evidence of dehydration with moderate coffee intake. Sorry, daily coffee intake. A counterbalanced crossover study in a free living population. And let me go down to the abstract here because if you really respect science, you'll only ever read the abstract and never the full paper. Right. Right, with acknowledgement of the study's limitations, results suggest that coffee did not result in dehydration when provided in a moderate dose of 4 milligrams per kg of body weight caffeine in four cups per day so that's quite four cups of coffee let's say that's quite a lot four quite a lot isn't it a day four milligrams per kg of body weight of caffeine i mean my math is absolutely shit so i'm going to quit using my phone here but for me that'd be 340 milligrams a day and that's a fair amount of caffeine that is a fair amount of caffeine i think that's a roughly two monster ultras if i was putting it into that Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a couple still, of drinks a day before and I didn't it, feel... In... Yeah, and it wasn't dehydrating. When we talk about... So I've, I've done it before where I've, I've I've had... Do you know when you like you have a cup of tea and it's just, oh, it's damn good. You know, when you get the tea bag in for the right amount of time and then you're sort of chasing that crack effect. You're just like, oh, I wanted that perfect oh, cup yeah, of tea taste. Yeah. But the problem is I find it when, when I don't eat, like I'll miss lunch or something like that because I'm busy, but I'll just keep smashing brews down me. These all these effects happen, and then they sort of you're like, oh, I feel fucking shit. I feel, and then oh, I'm dehydrated, and well, actually, no, there's there's more more things happening than just you're having coffee. I think it's, I think we're easy to label that same thing, aren't we? Probably other factors at play. There are probably other factors at play. I mean, I mean, hot take here. I mean, it shouldn't really be a hot take. It should be common knowledge. But at the end of the day, caffeine is a narcotic. You know, so it is. Uh, I I don't want to say addictive. Because that is a powerful word, but it's you know it's something where we could be quite dependent on it. Maybe not to the amount that we want to go and suck a dick in an alleyway, but, but for a no. But I'm 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 thinking you I I I have to agree with you on this one. Where it comes to the point where we come de- dependent on it, you know what I mean? Like 
We're like, oh, I, I, I love a Red Bull or something like that. I, I, that's just, like I reckon that's just psychological, mate, really. You, in the end of the day, you're, you're, you're just psychologically, you're linked to having your morning coffee, so you're, you're just going to have one. Like I mean, like I know your, I didn't want to say bit, addiction, but as Bill knows, I, I am a self-admitted coffee addict. And mm, I, fucking, I just coffee, love yeah. coffee. I love the taste of it. Uh, I can't really say it gives me a, a performance boost anymore because I've become pretty desensitised to it. But you don't get that like first coffee in the morning when you're just like, oh, I need a, need a bit first, blue now. The first I've met it, I've like five. <laughs> five yeah. uh, I've got a coffee ninja on the go, which is my big like barrister machine. Uh, not barrister, but barista. I keep doing that. I keep saying barrister instead of barista. There's a clear difference. A barrister is what you'll get in court. A barista is, you know, that, a coffee That's maker. the thing that you're going to see when, uh, or oh, you're slagging off Juice Plus and that. That's that's the thing that you're going to see in a few weeks. OJ's well, lawyer's going to come you, after you. You've, you've got to know these things because you know if you if you're on Tinder and someone says, "Oh, I'm a I'm a barrister," and you and you think, "Oh, a barrister, big money in that," and then you meet them up, meet up with them, and they go, "No, I'm a barista." <laughs> Obviously, ah. it's a big <laughs> make oh, you a latte. Hmm. <laughs> If I had known that at the time, if, if I could have the, if I could have deciphered the pronunciation on Tinder, and I would have swiped her another way. But you know, whatever. That fucking cat. That fucking. That same. Cat. Can you still hear him? <laughs> he's, like, he's got a yeah, set of lungs on him, isn't he? One I, second. I'm. I'm sound. It takes shit off me for a change. To be honest. We might as well. We might as well give him a headset. Give, yeah. Give, just fuck. Just get him involved. Get him on the table. He's the thing. I probably shouldn't be giving the cat coffee. I think that's frowned on. <laughs> Hang on one sec. Just about to go waterboard the cat with coffee. Yeah, yeah. Don't put it in the sink. Stop doing that. As we can all agree, though, that we can all agree coffee, uh, any sort of caffeine drink, it, the, the science says it's not going to dehydrate you. You know, that that diuretic effect is, is yeah. It plays, an, it plays an effect to a point where there's fucking, you're not eating, you're not drinking any water on top mm. of it. You know, all these. Yeah. And that's where people get the links from, isn't it? Yeah. They're just drinking coffee all day, nothing else, aren't you? Yeah, there's other factors. So, you know, <laughs> Coffee drink. I mean, me in particular, my hydration has been awful, particularly in this weather where it's 33 degrees on average at the moment. I just tend to drink coffee, but even though I am getting hydrated, I'm not drinking enough water in general with that. But yeah, I mean, going back to that study I mentioned, it, it concludes, you know, our data shows our data shows that there are no significant differences across a wide range of hematological and urinary markers of hydration status between trials. This data suggests that coffee, when consumed in moderation by caffeine-habituated males, provides similar hydrating qualities to water. And the cat's got half the fucking stuff out of the bin. Let me just move the laptop <laughs> so you guys can see, so you can all make your own commentary on it. But look what this little fucker has just done. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck me! <laughs> You've been smashing McDonald's, haven't you? Go on, bud. Jesus Christ! Look at him. He's grasping up. You can see my McDonald's. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous, man. So That's jealous. so funny. That oh. fucking that oh. cat's gone rogue, isn't it? He has gone rogue. Jesus that God. if we can get this video, if we can get this fucking video <laughs> somehow, that <laughs> I think you can. Jesus Christ! This is so disgusting. It sends your cat on a fucking war war path by the looks of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd send that cat back. It's a fucking nightmare. It is a bit, ain't it? It's it's definitely lost a novelty. The novelty's gone. <laughs> the novelty on that, is on that definitely note, lads, gone. I think we'll uh, I think we'll wrap up there. If we've answered the question, so basically, running, it's not going to hurt your knees, and caffeine will not dehydrate you. Don't so. give coffee to cats. If you're taking a piss and you can smell sugar puffs, get some water down you. Yeah. What? Have you never taken a piss and you're like, what's that smell? You're like, that is well, fucking I like, I like to be hydrated, Andy. So. All right, whatever, mate. 
You're not testing your limits then, are you, Bill? All right, okay. You look in the toilet, it looks like a pint of Guinness has just come out of you. Yeah. What? I think I might need to drink. Yeah. I mean, in regards to caffeine and its its benefits on exercise in particular, there is a good article on uh, strongerbyscience.com, and it's by a guy called Eric Trexler. I do recommend people go and read that. So yeah, just phone that out there. Quick name yeah, drop. I'll put that. I'll put that in the uh, put that in the show notes. So next week, lads, we're um, we're jumping on to another sub series. We're gonna have sort of two sub series running side by side, as long as the as well as the main the main show where we t- cover uh, hot topics. Uh, next week, we're gonna be covering sort of diets, so common common diets in the health and fitness industry. I didn't People hear a word might... of that because yeah, sorry, I got... <laughs> it's, I'm having to pick up all the shit the cat has just dragged out of the bin. Could you could you do it when we stop recording? Yeah, I'll just I'll just let the oh, cat rip just, the fuck yeah, out just, of my house. Yeah, go on, Bill. Restart from the beginning. I'll restart that, yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> fuck oh, hell. Right, Ralphie, right. go on. What's your last Ralph word? That's called Ralphie, me. by the way. Ralphie, Ralphie, fuck off. I actually named him after Ralph Wiggum. I'm being genuine from The Simpsons. Ah, you bastard. Oh my god! Anyway, as I was saying, next week, lads, we're, we're jumping into another sub series. So we're gonna have two sub series running side by side, as long as the main show, where that's the one we sort of cover hot topics. But this one's gonna be about myths, where we sort of we approach this one every sort of few weeks. We'll do a new set of myths. But next week we're gonna jump into diets, then. So sort of, there's a load of different diets out there. Um, you know, we're, we're basically we're gonna cover them all, really, and that's gonna be another sub series. We haven't decided which one we're gonna do next week, but next week it will be an episode on a popular a popular diet out there and we'll break it down whether it's good for health and fitness any closing points lads no i i think ralphie's definitely taken the show this week yeah i mean look if i could give anyone some advice that isn't regards to running or coffee don't get cats cats are bastards (laughs) get get a dog (laughs) Uh, dogs are loyal uh these hoes ain't and when i say ho i mean ralphie (sighs) what i want to see next week though what i'd like to see is not you just your cat. <laughs> Just the cat with the microphone. <laughs> with, the, with the microphone and the headphones in. Fuck's sake. All right, lads. Anyway, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. I'll speak to, speak to you next week. See you later, gents. Yeah, see you later, guys. As always, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the first episode in this new sub-series and there's plenty more content on the way. If you did enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate some feedback. So if you could head over to the review section on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review and rating, we'd really appreciate it. So we will see you next week Same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.